I named my band the Wu-Tang Clan um, based on, it was a famous uh, Shaw Brothers film called Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. And uh, the sports style of that movie was invincible, unbeatable. And that's how we felt about our lyrics. Wu-Tang Clan be became us. Shaolin shadow boxing and the Wu-Tang sword style. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? On guard, I'll let you try my Wu-Tang style. Welcome to the Custom Dragon Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Two students from rival schools find their friendship put to the ultimate test when the people closest to them die defending their martial arts. Can they find a way to work together, or will their rivalry tear them apart for good? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, we watch the film that inspired a hardcore hip-hop revolution in the Wu-Tang Clan with Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. First off, welcome finally to my 25th episode. It feels so good to be recording again after an unintended hiatus, and I apologize to you all for seemingly dropping off the face of the earth. Long story short, real life happened, and I found myself trying to juggle too many schedules and thus falling asleep at 10 p.m., which is my normal podcast recording time. Apparently, I wasn't the only one stuck by the summer doldrums, but I really had not expected to be sidelined for so long. That being said, it's go time, so on with the show. Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang is a 1983 Hong Kong film directed by and starring Gordon Liu. The film was hugely influential to the hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan, who sampled several audio clips from the English dub in their 1993 debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Wu-Tang Clan founder The RZA was a devoted fan of the 70s and 80s kung fu films and spent much of his formative years at the New York City 42nd Street theaters that featured the movies and eventually went on to master several forms of kung fu himself. The Shaolin monks... The fight and the, the whole thing, it just, it just really, you know, as a kid, it just took my mind to a whole nother world of, of, of history and information. I bought my first manual the next weekend after I seen the movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll post a link to that interview from Sister Kick-Ass Martial Arts channel on YouTube, and I highly recommend checking it out just to get a peek into the mind of the RZA and hear the reverence he has for this genre of film. We start this film with a demo sequence of several Shaolin monks facing off against a lone Wu-Tang swordsman. They're all demonstrating various moves and showing off some incredible skill. The pounding score underneath the action heightens the tension until it culminates in both sides set in a ready stance as the title drops. The movie proper opens up with Master Law and his student Feng Wu, played by Adam Cheng, walking along a city street. They cross paths with Master Lu and his student, Young Kit, played here by Kung Fu superstar and director Gordon Liu. The masters of their respective schools aren't exactly enamored with one another, and they do a little bit of passive-aggressive boasting to their students, loudly enough for the other master to hear. Once they pass each other in the street, the students break free from their master's sides and meet up. Here we learn that these two students are actually really close friends, despite the animosity their masters displayed just moments ago. They quickly try to discuss a get-together to just hang out and catch up like old times, and they bicker loudly over who should be the host and pick up the tab. Their bickering escalates to the point that their masters hear them and turn around to see what the ruckus is all about. Having been spotted chatting, the guys quickly snap into an attack posture and pretend that they've just been sparring a little. The masters insist that the students break out their respective styles, but Feng Wu and Young Kit don't actually want to fight and come up with some quick excuses. Master, we shouldn't reveal our secret sword fighting. Mm. Master, they'll learn our Shaolin techniques. The masters don't hide their disdain for the other as they part ways with the students laughing behind their backs. 
Young Kid's sister, Yen Lang, also overhears the conversation and presses her brother for some info on Feng Wu, whom she has a healthy crush on. Young Kid tries to dampen her spirits by explaining that Feng Wu and he are planning to spend some time in the local brothel. At the brothel, Feng Wu proves to be quite the popular ladies' man while Young Kid keeps to himself. While excusing himself from the merriment to take a walk, Young Kid happens upon a disagreement, and he steps in as a peacekeeper and inadvertently uses some of his Shaolin training to break up the fight. The simple move throws the guys backwards dramatically and draws a lot of attention to Young Kit from the crowd. It seems they're more than wowed by the Kung Fu and word quickly spreads inside to the brothel and reaches Feng Wu. Feng Wu steps outside and playfully teases Young Kit. Young Kit, do you seriously want to fight me? <laughs> if you really want to, I'll fight you. Actually, this is more of a sparring scene as Feng Wu and Yung Kit lightly exchange throws in order to show off their skills. They have a healthy respect for one another and their respective martial arts, and we get a great look at what Adam Chang and Gordon Liu plan to bring to the table with their fighting. Unbeknownst to the guys, though, watching their exchange of some local muscle for an ambitious boss man known only as The Lord, played brilliantly as always by Johnny Wang Long Wei. And here we get the signature quote from Wu-Tang Clan's debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. If what you say is true... The Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. The Lord is apparently eager to learn both Shaolin shadowboxing and Wu-Tang sword style. Given that there happen to be two schools right in the area, the Lord requests that the Shaolin schoolmaster be brought to him to have a discussion about learning style. Later with Master Liu as a guest, the Lord tries to convince him to accept him as a student of Shaolin Kung Fu. Master Liu, however, is a bit more discerning than he expected. My Lord, Kung Fu is open to anyone to learn. But I really don't think you want to learn our style, huh? So you refuse to teach me. The Lord takes great offense to this and after dinner, orders that the Shaolin schools be closed for good. The Lord's manservant Sung Chi offers a bit of reason before allowing the Lord to act so rashly. My Lord, you shouldn't do anything rash. Think again. Don't you still want to learn Shaolin Kung Fu? And don't you want to learn the Wu-Tang sword style? Sung Chi, if Lord Ching of the Wu-Tang also refuses to teach us, what shall we do? Here, the plan is hatched to steal the Wu-Tang training manual, regardless of whether or not he's accepted as a student. I don't care how. Get that book. During another dinner party, this time with Master Law of the Wu-Tang School, the Lord tries to work the Wu-Tang teacher over via a game of chess, even though he's already set a plan in motion to steal his training manual. Master Lord, a game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first, before you move. He does his best to goad the master into showing off some of his skill. Do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? But Master Law is not interested in either having a sword fight or teaching him anything about Wu-Tang for that matter. The two sit down to a game of chess and it's a pretty heated competition that even gets Feng Wu involved as a backseat driver. Meanwhile, the Lord has brought out a special wine for the occasion. The Lord makes sure that the wine is presented by beautiful women to keep Master Law distracted. The Lord, however, declines having the wine himself. Master Law goes on having cup after cup while Feng Wu excuses himself to take a walk. Outside, Yen Lang has shown up to try and crash the party to hang out with Feng Wu for a little bit. She's denied entrance by the guards outside, but her raging libido won't let that stand in her way. Yen Lang, played by Edie Chan, gets to flex some of her graceful muscles as she takes on the guards all in the name of getting a bit closer to her crush. She beautifully spins and weaves her way through the guards and doesn't so much as mess up her hair. The only thing that stops her is the arrival of her brother Young Kit. He tries to talk some reason to the guards, but they have their orders and won't let her pass. Feng Wu finally shows up and breaks up the fighting and sends Yen Lang and Young Kit home so that they don't cause any more trouble. As they're leaving, Yen Lang's instincts tell her that something doesn't seem right. She sends Young Kit on his way and tells him that she'll stick around to see what's up. 
Meanwhile, back inside, Master Law is starting to feel the effects of the special wine. He's gurgling, slurring, and looks on the verge of passing out. A vintage wine, especially good for the health. My lord, I fear not for mine. The lord greasily offers the antidote for the poison that Master Law has been drinking so freely, and Master Law realizes that it will cost him dearly. The lord demands that the Wu-Tang manual be handed over to him, which Master Law quietly refuses. Feng Wu returns to the game to find his master clearly suffering. Not realizing what's happening just yet, Feng Wu tries to insert himself into the game. Master Law holds him off and instead instructs him to take up his sword so that he can demonstrate some of the Wu-Tang sword-style moves for his host. Yen Lang, meanwhile, has made her way over the wall and is spying on the group as Feng Wu demos the moves. Master Law is in bad shape and during one move, throws himself onto Feng Wu's sword. You gotta feel for Feng Wu here because he's the unwilling participant in Master Law's suicide, and that's gonna be a big bit of baggage for him to carry for the rest of his life. Master Law tries to absolve him, but that only goes so far when your sword is sticking into your master's heart. He does, however, have one parting instruction for Feng Wu. You made me stab you. Why did you do it? It's our secret. Never teach the Wu Tang. Feng Wu turns to accuse the Lord of torturing his master to get his hands on the Wu-Tang manual, but the quick-thinking assistant Song Chi pins the blame on the Shaolin. Feng Wu refuses to believe it until the assistant points out that the poison used to kill his master is familiar to the Shaolin monks. At this point, I, being the super junior detective that I am, would have asked how he knew it was poison and how he could have deduced that it was that particular type of poison since they were all there in that room and could not have possibly chemically analyzed the toxin in so short a time. What is the Potter family? Hey y'all, it's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Yogurt Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolett Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow so follow us on twitter at potter family use the hashtag potter family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same potter family where great podcasts come home amazingly feng wu buys it and storms off in search of the shaolin but the Lord has other plans. Sung-Chi, yes, he killed his own master. Execute him. Fight scene. Sung-Chi wisely convinces the Lord to not kill the prize student of the Wu-Tang style he wishes to learn so badly. Instead, the Lord commands his thugs to arrest him, and they charge ahead to try to take Feng Wu down. Feng Wu is more than ready and holds off several guards with no problem. He weeps through them easily and then, without thinking, drops down into a Wu-Tang pose, which the Lord recognizes and immediately tries to emulate. Remembering his promise to the master he just killed, Feng Wu pulls back and allows himself to be hit by the guards. The Lord jumps into the battle here to force Feng Wu to reveal more of the Wu-Tang style. Wang Longwei puts on his fierce display of Kung Fu as he tags Feng Wu time and again. Feng Wu always seems like he's on the edge of breaking out the Wu-Tang when he pulls back and takes his beating. He mockingly tells the Lord that he doesn't know the Wu-Tang style, and takes more beatings without ever revealing what he does know. 
Sung Chi hits the pause on the beatdown and convinces the Lord that another tactic might help him learn both Wu Tang and Shaolin, but it will require patience. Yen Lang, meanwhile, rushes back to tell Young Kit what she has just witnessed. Young Kit can't believe what he's hearing about his close friend and promises to find out exactly what's going on. We cut to a jail where Feng Wu is being held, but apparently it's no normal jail. This particular cell holds about a dozen mentally unstable women, or as it's known to most men, the Jersey Shore dating scene. <coughs> it's a somewhat frightening scene for Feng Wu as these women have clearly checked out. He runs into one particular woman who wears a vacant stare and counts to herself for no reason. There's a quick time jump as we happen upon feeding time where a guard drags a bucket of rice past the bars and the women are allowed to grab a handful of rice and wolf it down. By the time it gets to Feng Wu, who by this time has let his hair grow out unkempt and is a shell of himself, the bucket's empty, save for some stray kernels. Tell Feng Wu, if you want a little food to eat, just hand over the tank bucket. A very weak Feng Wu is on the verge of passing out when the strange counting woman shares her meager rice ball with him. Hidden among the guards, young Kit emerges to see the sorry state of his friend. He goes on to share the depressing news with his friends and attempts to formulate the beginning of a plan to get to Feng Wu. Later, young Kit, again dressed as a guard, is tasked himself with bringing the rations of rice to the prisoners. Amidst the madness, he starts to enact his plan. Hidden in the chaos of dozens of outstretched hands, young Kit pretends to stumble and fall. While slapping away at the clawing and screaming prisoners, he tosses some medicine to the one inmate who somehow bonded with Feng Wu. But it's not just medicine that he gives her. He pulls her to the bars, and while still well hidden from his fellow guards, he demonstrates some healing strikes for her, and trusting that she will be able to replicate them on Feng Wu and help him get better. Use a special style. As foggy and vacant as the mad woman seems to be, she's somehow got enough mental faculty to administer the medicine and perform some of the healing strikes that she learned seconds earlier. Not to throw a damper on things here, but young Kit's grand plan to help his friend is to teach a mentally unstable, severely malnourished inmate some very precise and intricate Shaolin healing strikes, which she must perform with zero training in order to nurse him back to health. Haven't we learned that Kung Fu in the wrong hands is dangerous? How much more for Kung Fu in the hands of a deranged lunatic? Sorry, but if I were Feng Wu, I think I'd take my chances and not risk a ruptured spleen. But let's not let that get in the way of a fun story, shall we? Because after all, things are probably not what they seem. Over the next few days, young Kit continues to secretly train the madwoman by demonstrating different moves during feeding time. To her credit, the madwoman learns quickly and does her best to help Feng Wu heal until one day, a few well-placed strikes seems to finally do the trick. Feng Wu emerges from the sickly fog he's been in with renewed strength and vigor. In phase two of the plan, Yen Lang sneaks into the prison looking like a ninja and stages a fire which sends the whole prison into a panic. The guards scatter and young Kit takes the opportunity to grab the keys and release Feng Wu and all the prisoners. Feng Wu makes sure to grab his savior crazy lady, and the group make for the hills where Feng Wu steadily recovers. But it seems that there's still the whole matter of the dead Wu-Tang master to contend with. Yen Kit, although you saved me, the Shaolin poisoned my master. They're responsible. Feng Wu, why do you say that? The pair get into a heated argument with young Kit doing his best to protect Shaolin's honor. It's a clash of irresistible force and immovable object when Yen Lang emerges with the crazy lady, now known as Miss Cheng who has cleaned up quite well. Apparently, a shower and some clean clothes are all it takes to snap someone out of their dementia. And it's here that young Kit lays it all out for Feng Wu. Feng Wu, the Lord is behind all this. He forced you to kill Master. And then he planned to frame everything on us. In a show of impeccable timing, the group gets set upon by a number of the Lord's troops as they've somehow tracked them to this mountain hideout. Everyone retreats into the cabin as a number of archers ready their bows for an attack. As the arrows rain down on their cabin, Feng Wu decides that they have to split up. 
He and Miss Chang head off in one direction, while Young Kid and Yen Lang charge right out into the fray to deal with the soldiers directly. The duo use a table as a battering ram and bust through a number of the soldiers, clearing a path to the archers. The pair take turns cracking skulls and breaking bows, even managing to redirect some archer shots into their fellow soldiers. Young Kid lets the Chin Kang fist fly and even grabs a bunch of arrows in his hand, which he then throws at a group of soldiers, apparently with the strength and accuracy of a master archer, cutting down everyone in his way. Meanwhile, Feng Wu and Miss Chang seem to have clear sailing until they come face to face with another contingent of archers and soldiers. Miss Chang tries to give Feng Wu a chance to escape by throwing herself into the line of fire, but she's outmatched. Until that is, Feng Wu grabs her wrists and starts to shadow Miss Chang as he breaks out his Wu-Tang sword style. So you know that classic daddy-daughter move where she puts her feet on top of your shoes and you basically dance with the both of you? Well, this is like that, except with sharp swords and lots of people who want you dead. Back with the brother and sister team, the battle is getting intense, and here, Gordon Liu's skill really shines. It's two against the world, but both Young Kit and Yen Lang are more than capable of handling things even though spears and swords are coming at them from literally every angle. Yen Lang manages to break away from her battles and hops over to try and get Feng Wu to retreat to safety. In the other fight, Miss Chang is proving herself to be some sort of learning savant, as just those few minutes of mimicry have somehow triggered the Wu-Tang gene in her, and she can easily weave the deadly technique into her sword handling, which mere moments ago was non-existent. In fact, she's developed her skill to the point where she throws the steel around with blinding speed. But even with her newfound mastery, the numbers overwhelm her, and she gets captured and is led to the Lord himself. Fight scene. Once in front of the Lord, Miss Chang, played here by Li Ching, manages to break free of her captors and immediately breaks out the Shaolin Ching Kang fist to fight off a few more of the guards. This impresses the Lord, but that gets topped when she gets her hand on a sword and shows off her mastery of Wu Tang style. She and the Lord go at it as he tests exactly how much she has learned. If only he knew that a few minutes of shadow dancing with Feng Wu was all it took. But we get a twist thrown at us here as the Lord praises Miss Cheng for her skills. She throws the sword around, then stabs it into the ground and strikes a pose, to which all the soldiers in the garrison drop to their knees in respect. It seems that Miss Cheng was part of the Lord's plan all along. Yen Lang and Feng Wu meanwhile have retreated further into the mountains where they run into a roving gang of Wu-Tang elders. As you so often do. It seems that they know of Feng Wu's crime, but Yen Lang leaps to his defense. However, when they find out that she's a student of Shaolin, the Wu-Tang leader wastes no time and immediately sets upon the student of the school alleged to have provided the poison that killed their master. Yen Lang and the Elder exchange a few quick strikes, but Feng Wu steps in and tries to explain how she pulled him out of the fight going on at their base camp. The Wu-Tang Elder stays his sword, but insists on taking them both back to their chief for judgment. Feng Wu submits, but as Yen Lang protests, the Lord's archers arrive at the scene and quickly fire off some arrows aimed at Feng Wu. Yen Lang dumb and love-struck, pushes Feng Wu out of the way and takes the arrows meant for him. The Wu-Tang close ranks, which sends the soldiers packing, but the damage has been done. And with her dying breath, Yen Lang tries to clear things up for the elders. Elder, want to kill his own master. As Yen Lang slowly slips away, the elders take Feng Wu off to answer to their chief. Young Kid finally arrives just in time to see the Wu-Tang, leaving his dying sister alone in the dirt to die like some animal. With her final breath, she only manages to say the words Wu-Tang before dying in her brother's arms. Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang? I will avenge you! So this is really just a case of Three's Company-style misunderstanding, but with death and dismemberment as real consequences. Probo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh... <laughs> an apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. 
So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really, there's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me And he day? And he just, he only plays it to torment the other slug. Super bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray, all in the same place. <laughs> Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keeler or Lil Wayne? Uh huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's Lil Wayne. No, dude. It's Garrison what? Keeler. Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean... No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The, <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> Well, if you want, if it, like, comes around, like, listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. Yeah. We exist. It's a podcast. That's At the Wu-Tang school, Feng Wu finds himself in prison again, but this time he accepts his fate in an attempt to relieve himself of the guilt he feels. Meanwhile, young Kit, fueled by the need for vengeance, has made his way to the Shaolin Temple where he tries to gain admission so that he can further develop his skills. Unfortunately, he gets turned away at the gate, but young Kit simply will not take no for an answer. Fight scene. Young Kit takes on a number of junior monks as he thinks that fighting his way into the temple would make a better impression than humbly asking for acceptance. Gordon Liu shows off his fancy footwork here and eventually makes his way past the junior monks to a collection of abbots. The abbots are just as steadfast as the junior monks and they refuse young Kit entry. He does his best to fight his way through, but he's no match for the monk's skill. He does, however, draw the attention of some higher-ups, one of whom is played by Lee Hoi San, a frequent collaborator of Lu's. He denies young Kit's pleas, but his fellow abbot sees something that gives him pause. Hey, hello, monks. Hey. This gentleman's fighting style has certain resemblances to our own. This abbot gives young Kit a chance at an audience with the chief abbot, who's moved by young Kit's determination. Young Kit's accepted into the school where he begins his training. Now, if you're familiar with the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, the definitive Gordon Liu masterpiece, then you'll recognize some of the training seasons here. Young Kit, now known as Tat Chi, undergoes rigorous exercises meant to strengthen his body and mind as he trains. He swings a heavy weight from the end of a long bamboo pole, headbutts his way through sand-filled heavy bags, and fights his way through wooden dummies. He earns the respect of some of the abbots as he makes great strides through the program. Meanwhile, at the Wu-Tang school, Feng Wu is still confined to a cell with the disgraced former chief of the Wu-Tang who promises to try and help him earn his way out. While our two protagonists are out of the way, the Lord is busy learning everything he can about Shaolin's Chin Kang fist and Wu-Tang sword style from his spy, Miss Cheng. Johnny Wang Long Wei shows off his Kung Fu mastery as he practices both styles, despite having learned only the very little that Miss Cheng was exposed to in her time with Young Kit and Feng Wu. Impressed with himself, the Lord gets to thinking that both Shaolin and Wu-Tang are formidable on their own, but... But if the two schools ever combined, they'd be formidable. They'd become too powerful. And in which case, then, they'd pose a threat to us. The Lord's manservant, Sung Chi, once again has an idea that might just be what the Lord is after. 
Shaolin and Wu Tang are traditional rifles. We just turn them against each other. Simple. Hmm. How do we do that? My lord, you merely miss you an order that both schools must now compete. And you think that they'll then start killing each other? That's right. Word gets to the Wu-Tang school that there's a tournament going on, the stakes being that the winning school gets the glory, while the losing school gets shut down. They seek the counsel of their former chief, who coincidentally was just released from his exile, and he suggests that they need someone who's familiar with Shaolin Chin Kang Fist, and offers Feng Wu as their champion. The others balk initially, but the chief explains that even though Feng Wu broke their sacred rules and killed his own master, that he represents their best chance to beat the Shaolin and give glory to the name of a Wu-Tang. And if he does so, all charges against him would be dropped. So you see, kids, the enemy of my enemy really is my friend, even if he killed one of my other friends, because winning is everything. From tomorrow, you're to start teaching all the Wu-Tang secrets. Give him a firm foundation, and I believe he won't let us down. So Feng Wu is initiated as a Wu-Tang priest and is given his new name, Ming Kai. He begins his training using various Wu-Tang techniques, and like Ta Chi, he excels and progresses in a very short time, and is declared ready to fight the Shaolin. Now, according to the timing of this film, they just got the announcement of the contest before choosing Feng Wu to represent them. And they had to teach Feng Wu all of the Wu-Tang secrets before he was ready to fight. So either Feng Wu got plugged into the Matrix and downloaded all of Wu-Tang's secrets, or Wu-Tang really only has about a week's worth of secrets. Likewise, Ta Chi has been practicing hard since he joined Shaolin, and Abbott remarks that Ta Chi always seems to be fighting for real, even in his workouts. Tachi finally confesses his true motive. The real reason I wanted to join the Shaolin was to get revenge for my murdered sister. Odo's name be praised. Tachi. Who is your enemy? Wu Tang. Wu Tang? I always find it funny that Shaolin always condemns revenge as a reason to learn Kung Fu, but once you're in the temple and you've learned the deadliest moves, all of a sudden revenge isn't so bad. In fact, when this abbot finds out that it's Wu-Tang that he's after, he sort of even condones Tachi's bloodlust. The chief abbot has to make the final decision on who'll represent them, and here, Li Hoi San seems to reprise his role from 36th Chamber as the lone dissenting monk who thinks that Tachi should have to prove himself against him in a match to see if he's as good as everyone thinks he is. Tachi and the abbot gather in the square and go toe-to-toe -to -toe using a number of weapons. It's in these sequences where Gordon Liu gets to really demonstrate just how accomplished a martial artist he is. Li Hoi San really is no slouch either, so it's thrilling to see them face off. After just a few rounds, the abbot is clearly outmatched, and he concedes, declaring that Ta Chi is indeed the one to represent their school. Later, at the Lord's Manor, Wu Tang and Shaolin have assembled to present their champions. Here, Ming Kai and Ta Chi see each other again for the first time, and are momentarily overcome with emotion, but the reunion is cut short when they balk at having to fight one another. Their respective schools put the guilt trip on them, and before they can object, the Lord declares the contest has started, and they need to get down to business. As the two combatants walk away, the Lord has one more edict for his servant. No matter who the winner is, see that my plan is carried out as I ordered it. Fight scene. Ming Kai and Ta Chi square off, and both actors do an amazing job of displaying their skill while clearly communicating just how painful it is for their characters to have to be fighting one another. We get close-ups of their sweaty hands and pained expressions as they try to figure out how they're going to do what they have to do. As they fight, the two former friends manage to have a conversation about why they're both where they are. Tachi explains that he's out to avenge the death of his sister at the hands of the Wu-Tang, while Ming Kai wants revenge for his master. Of course, each side disputes the other, and the Lord can't help but interject, telling them both to shut up and get to killing each other already. 
He tips off his knowledge of Wu-Tang, which Ming-Kai picks up on. And as the fight continues, the Lord again shows his hand when he criticizes Tachi's attack. No longer content to sit on the sideline, the Lord steps to both fighters and tells them that they shouldn't hold back. Tachi reminds him that it's just a contest and there's no need to kill each other. Apparently, that was the wrong answer. Hey guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. Fight scene. Bastard. My lord. What did you say? Fight, damn it. The lord declares that unless one of them wins, they both die. At this, a bunch of soldiers and archers surround the pair and force them to continue. Finally wise to what's happening, Feng Wu and Young Kit start to pull back on their punches, which only angers the Lord. He jumps in to try and get his pound of flesh, but the good guys get some unlikely help from the Lord spy Miss Cheng. What follows for the next 10 minutes is an absolute whirlwind of Kung Fu and some light humor. It's the best part of an uneven film for sure, but Miss Cheng advocates for the two champions and tries to stop her brother from killing them both. And she flashes some incredible acrobatics and sword skill as she fights off a bunch of soldiers herself. The Lord, meanwhile, takes on both Young Kit and Feng Wu in an incredible martial arts spectacle. Final fight. Johnny Wang Lung Wei, Gordon Liu, and Adam Chang go crazy in this final fight. And as they fight, a light bulb seems to go off for our heroes at the same time, and they slowly begin to mix their styles together, creating an amalgam of Wu Tang and Ching Kang Fist. It throws off the Lord, and he winds up getting tagged severely. In a fit of compulsive rage, and no doubt in a fair bit of agony after having been sliced up, he orders his troops to kill them. Again, Miss Cheng, who seems to actually respect Kung Fu here, steps in and appeals to what little sense of honor might be left in the Lord. They've achieved something considerable. Using both styles is a triumph of skill. They must die, both of them. Brother, we should allow all of them to be examples. There's no need to kill them. Fu Wu's master is dead, and Yung Kit's sister, nothing can bring them back. We might have bent the rules, but we've learned to combine the two styles. The Lord is somehow swayed by this speech and orders that they be let go as he collapses from the pain. The final shot of the film is a somewhat celebratory shot of the duo with Miss Chang that honestly makes very little sense. Now plot holes aside, it's easy to see why this movie struck a chord with the RZA and many Kung Fu fans because it did what we all did as kids. We picked a side, and we defended that side no matter what. The Wu-Tang Clan obviously chose the side of the swordsman, while I was always drawn to the austerity and power of Shaolin. Either way, all Kung Fu fans win. Okay, gang, that's going to do it for this week. As always, hit me up on Twitter at Kung Fu Drive-In, same on Instagram or on Facebook, or drop me a line at kungfudrivein at gmail.com. Now that my schedule has settled down a bit, I will hopefully never leave you guys high and dry for so long again. And even if I have to, I'll do a better job of communicating that to you so you all don't think I've just walked away from the show. It really is good to be back behind the mic, so thank you for sticking around. Now, while I didn't get to do my own show, I did get to do a guest spot with the guys from the Something Something cast, and we sat down and talked about... Kung Fu movies. We picked some of our favorites and some movies that probably wouldn't be on anybody's favorite list if you paid them. Podcast Rob and James put on a great show, so give them a listen. You will not regret it. Also, go check out the Potter Family hashtag on Twitter for a bunch of other great shows. You will find something that you like, I promise you. Alright gang, until next week, Poison Clan. Peace.
Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers Shaolin monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah the little bitch soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but all don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derry D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster Bitch had a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleash the fist of legend that the car jet leave. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting.